All right, we're going. So that I Just heard that levels. was like one of the things was like why Trump's whole cabinet was all military guys in the beginning because he was installed by military intelligence who were basically at the point of saying if someone on our team doesn't win the elections, we are going to have to have a coup because the crime syndicate is trying to continue their um, expansion of the global cabal that runs the world. I'm at the point now where I would probably vote for Tulsi Gabbard because she hasn't been the only, like one of the few people not accused of diddling a child. And I don't agree with anything she says. Yeah. You know, that's, that's my funny. That's my barometer now. It's just Apple News good. Spotlight. Breaking news. Jeffrey Epstein's death raises questions for his victims and his wealthy friends. Here's what we know so far. Here's what we're telling you so far. Keep in mind, I am by no means an expert. I am a guy who looks on the internet a little too much and uh, confirms a lot of my biases without really thinking about it. We're going deep this one. We're going into the conspiracies. Uh, it really fucked me up. We'll talk about this once we get things really I don't like rolling. these filters. I don't like uh, this. It really fucked me up seeing uh, something pop up on my phone that said, Jeffrey Epstein, dead, question mark, not according to the comms. What are the comms? Communications. Like the CIA, FBI, NSA, oh, the, or like the communications he had with people? No, the comms, like... Three-letter agencies? So, so networks, like, like if you're a part of a spy network or you're part of a cabal or you're part of one of these deep state networks, they don't communicate with every member. Like, there is no direct communication for right. messages. They don't they don't call you on a secret phone. They don't hit you up on a secret email. They don't drop a paper in a park and you pick it up. Sometimes they communicate that way, but the best way to communicate is through mass media and through uh, codes that are embedded in innocuous-looking things. And this is to keep everyone kind of on edge because it always seems like a game. It's a constant It is game. a game. It's a constant game. And my thinking, right, when it actually comes down to it is I am such a misinformed fool that there could be a thousand reasons maybe why Epstein getting suicided was for the better of men of society. Or why he's not dead at all. I'm willing to entertain that completely. I mean, it would make sense to protect him from the very powerful people who obviously want him dead. Well, the problem with Epstein is that there's, you know, Dozens of the world's most wealthy and powerful people who, in theory, want him dead. Right. How do you how do you. Oh, of course. But at the same time, he was a known intelligence asset. So a known intelligence asset is either, you know, you have the possibility he was taken out in custody. He's out somewhere in South America. He's out somewhere in Israel because they need to keep him alive. They need to keep him in hiding. You have the other possibility that someone just got paid off at MCC and they allowed him to go and just off him because there's pretty much no way he could have actually hung himself based on the evidence that is currently out. There is no way that he could have died, period. He is the most high-value prisoner in the United States that is not a foreign national accused of some for sort of terrorism. And 
even putting him up against some of those prisoners that we probably have in custody. He is the most high-value prisoner in the United States. By the way, let's get this going. Let's just keep this going, rolling from the beginning. This is the Altered Cognition podcast, and we are really talking about some different stuff today, some real Altered Cognition. I'm Nick Breen with my co-host, Jesse Green, and we're just kicking this thing right off. Welcome, guys. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. Jeffrey Epstein is dead. Society is crumbling around us. We are living in modern day hell, but we got some weed. We have some Red Bull. It's a beautiful bridge party in morning, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's great. I'm happy to be here, too, and I'm sure Jeffrey Epstein is probably happy to be somewhere. He's happy to be wherever he is right now. And I don't think he's dead. Now, who do you think, who do you think one wants to keep him alive, the logistics of going behind it, and how they would actually you know, get him out of probably the United States, right? Prosecution would want to keep him alive. The Patriots fighting against this deep state um, entity that is part of a global cabal that is trying to control and enslave all of humanity and the whole world. See, I already think all of humanity is enslaved and we've lost. But we're waking up. That's the problem. They're mad. They're upset. We are waking up. We're not falling for the bullshit anymore. And despite what reports in the media will tell you, we are coming together as a species and we are fighting back. Well, because you have, um, you know, if we look at propaganda, we look at how media is used to kind of sway the masses. We are at a very, very new point in time where there isn't a handful of companies and a handful of guys totally in control of everything. Well, the definition of a journalist changed wildly over the last 10 years, whereas even just 10 years ago in 2009, okay, people would look at you as not legitimate if you were not working for one of the larger publications, the newspapers, the networks, TV, have a legitimate, you know, claim to a corporate owned media network that employs you. Nowadays, you have the independent journalist and the rise of the citizen journalist and the citizen videographer, uh, everyone able to capture everything with cell phones and offer their opinions over social media. We are at a time when there are so many credible voices and non-credible voices all vying for the same airspace. Uh, We must be very careful. And I think the powers that be are definitely trying to take advantage of the situation because since they can't have control of the information, the only thing they can do is make it so all information has some level of distrust in it. Exactly, that's it. If I can't have it, nobody can. Exactly, so, you know, like people think sometimes it's like, oh, I feel like I'm going crazy. Oh, I feel like the world is collapsing around you. Yeah, the world's collapsing around you. You're definitely going insane. But that's also part of like the whole thing is to gaslight every citizen in the (laughs) world, right? Like, how do you control a mass of people? Make them confused, make them disoriented, keep them distracted. And and good for the powers that be that we do not have some way. And it's coming. They're trying to hold it back. Why has the language barrier not been breached yet? What do you mean? Well, the technology exists 100% and it should be disseminated to everybody. It should spread wildly. The tr- The technology to instantly translate speech... Well, I think they definitely have that, but are you saying that they don't release that specifically so there can be more discourse? Well, they don't want that because right now they're having a hard enough time keeping us who are 
all wildly different in the United States. It is such a melting pot. They're having a hard enough time keeping us from banding together and and finally saying enough is enough. Imagine if we could communicate with all these people in other countries that they are telling us hate us, want us dead, are different than us, don't hold human life to the same standard. Imagine if you could just get on the internet and instantly communicate. Well, I think we're getting there, but I mean, for example, if you look at what's happening in Hong Kong right now, you have hundreds of thousands of people in Hong Kong protesting the Chinese government because China wants Hong Kong back. Maybe they should never have taken it from Britain. Um, and imagine if, you know, people from China wants Hong Kong's autonomy because in 1996, was it or 97 when, uh, China, when Hong Kong was turned back over to China from Britain, part of the deal was that Hong Kong would maintain some of its autonomy in government, which actually has led to Hong Kong, even under a brutal communist Chinese regime, maintaining its status as one of the centers of business and almost capitalism in the East. Exactly. Um, And so I imagine if we could actually communicate with people like that freely and then we finally all understand it doesn't really matter you know levels of education levels of ideology levels of culture you know they're all different but at the same time they're a mass of people confused and afraid and wanting to fight back a very small group of powerful people and the translate button the translate link on facebook underneath things written in other languages is the beginning, but I don't trust the source. I don't trust Facebook. I'd be more interested in some sort of open source technology, kind of like a Wikipedia uh, for linguists almost that would translate into some sort of software that could help us understand other people in real time as we're speaking. Well, if you look at technology as a whole that the government has that now we have access to, like GPS was around what, in the 50s and 60s, if I'm correct? Yes, it was. And then we... The populace started getting it around late 90s, early 2000s. You have to understand the graphic interfaces for GPS in the 50s and 60s were not what they are today. GPS was not what you would imagine it to be. I'm assuming it was probably just some sort of a digital or even analog readout that would display coordinates, latitude and longitude, and give you your exact location that way. But as far as I'm aware, I don't think we really even knew what it was, right? We didn't know what it was as the public, but the military was using it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, you know, that was in the 60s. Now look at what technology they possibly have going on now in 2019. Well, it's like DARPA projects. What is DARPA working on right now? Can you explain to people what DARPA is for those who don't know? DARPA is, um, it's essentially a giant black budget Part of well, the government defense department uh, yes, that yes, does it's, it's 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 money that's spent to develop uh, future technologies with no oversight uh, namely in the protection of our country and our national security so i just want to you know i it 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 escapes me exactly what it the acronym stands for well that defense advanced research projects agency yeah and if you look into, you know, why does an F-18 or whatever cost billions and billions of dollars? Why do these things in the government? Again, this is kind of conspiracy territory. But why do all these things, you know, like why is a screw on a construction site $30, but it's 50 cents at Home Depot? And one of the arguments is not necessarily corporate greed. 
but where all the where we actually funneling the money to these black projects, such as things that created GPS, such as things like MK Ultra, so we can actually fund those and work on things that the public and other governments aren't privy to seeing. Well, oh boy, MK, we're getting into some deep stuff. I want to go back to Epstein real quick. We were talking about why he before we got lost. Uh, we were talking about why he would still be alive and who that would benefit. I think. Personally, I think he's dead. I think I think there's I think if we're looking at how many people wanted him dead, I think that is the more logical conclusion. Um, I'm willing to entertain that he is somewhere foreign that he has been taken. My guess is he need, he's still an intelligent asset. There's bigger elements at play that we don't know about, and that's why it's difficult to speculate why he would be kept alive. I think it's a lot easier to assume he was just killed by, you know, like Prince Andrew's people. Because the documents came out saying Prince Andrew keeps touching kids. So we have two movements at play in the world right now. We have a globalist movement and we have a nationalist movement. Don't confuse the nationalist uh, movement in the definition that I'm using with with some supremacist organization. I'm talking about people who are interested in the autonomy of countries the, the sovereignty of countries as sovereign nations functioning independently of each other while working together on the global scale, but not under one global hege- hegemony. It, it's almost like, you know, when you say globalism versus nationalism, I almost think of for the group and for the individual. Correct. Right. And now it's for the group sounds great, but in this country that we live in America, we hold the individual higher than the group uh, because there are many instances when to benefit the group would be to decimate many individuals, to sacrifice many individuals. Uh, Wouldn't it be a lot easier for the people with money in this country if we just got rid of all the people without money? Well, it's not that. It's if the people up top get rid of... Wouldn't it be easier if instead of taking care of terminally ill individuals... For the good of the group, those that are healthy, we just exterminated them. In theory, yeah, but then where's your sense of morality, right? There is no sense of morality in that in that for the group. That's why the individual is held in such high regard in America, and that's why it's so special. Well, I think individualism is what makes America great. So we have a global cabal, in my opinion, that is trying to control the world. There are a few things getting in the way. Just jumping right into it. I'm right jumping into right it. into it. There are a few things getting in the way. And you have to understand that this global cabal needs ways to control those things that get in the way, such as free and democratic elections in sovereign countries that are trying to govern themselves. And maybe the agenda of uh, these countries does not mesh with the agenda of these globalists. So these globalists need something to hold over the heads of people. Um, And there's a couple things that work pretty well. One of them is having sex with children. Well, if you look at, if you want to get a little historical for a moment, if you look at Roman times, the elites in Roman society, homosexuality and pedophilia were kind of like, you know, that wasn't for peasants, right? The peasants thought of that as kind of weird, freaky, you know, you might get still killed if you were having sex with another man. But the upper people of society in Roman times were like, no, 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 we're above the people. We can do that. And it wasn't really thought of as anything that strange. And I don't think it's crazy to think that people in our modern times living at the 
higher ups of society are still into some freaky shit for whatever no, variety of reasons. of course they are. Do you think that uh, human sacrifices have stopped? Wrong. Wrong. Ex- when you explain that for a second. Well, throughout all of human history, wait, how long, how much of human, all of human history, we have had different cultures, all different cultures that participated in some form of human sacrifice. And then all of a sudden, a couple hundred years ago, we just stopped. No, of course not. Of course we didn't stop. Oh, yeah, we just stopped fucking kids. No, the elite just didn't stop fucking kids and sacrificing children and drinking their blood. And and I, it, it just it's disgusting. These are fucking and I hate to quote this person, but these these are these are psychological demons and psychological vampires. I mean, you're not wrong. But they are stealing the souls from children. I'm not saying they're stealing the souls and using them in some Harry Potter-esque wizardy way. No, they are they are taking these children and they are doing things to them for their own pleasure, for what they feel is their own longevity. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna again speculate wildly here for a moment, but the Nixium sex cult that Hollywood was kind of wrapped up in. Right, that whole was thing. Was that the the one the actress from Smallville? Yeah. Was like a major part of recruiting people and bringing them into this? It was a pyramid scheme sex cult somehow, which oh, that's a great band name if you ask me. Um, it sounds like, I mean, if you could pull it off, it sounds like something that would be worth doing. Well, They I, made a lot of money and they fucked a lot of hoes. I, I wouldn't call those children hoes, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't fucking children in that one. Yeah, so um, I was reading the other day. No, I thought they were branding the people and just making them give up their wives and just, you know, basic sex cold shit. From my understanding, there was uh, a woman involved in the organization that was also operating like 30-something orphanages. And that's how they get them. They get them. It's it's the children that can't speak out. There's millions of homeless teenagers, children, and young adults in this country. Millions, right? And how many children go missing every year, according to the FBI? Is it something like 800,000? Well, I think you have to define what... I believe when they say 800,000 people, children go missing, they're reported missing. Most of them are often found, but there are many. Most of them are often found, and let's say that 80%, 90% of them are taken by a step-parent or, or a, a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or uncle drugs. Know, an uncle or something like that. But what about the 10 or 20% that aren't? That's still 50,000, 100,000 children? It's not even the 10 to 20% that aren't. It's all the ones that aren't reported missing in the first place. That's a scarier number, in my opinion. Well, who was it? Sandusky? Sandusky. Sandusky that was on the board of the children's home. He was heavily involved in the children's home. Yeah, Sandusky is really... Wasn't he on the board with Podesta's brother? I don't know about all that John stuff. John Podesta's brother was on the board. And John Podesta, by the way, is... Um, one of the capos in the Clinton crime syndicate. Now, I don't really entertain the Clinton crime syndicate as much as I like to entertain a, a giant political club that you're not a part of. See, I worked at an organization with a lot of wealthy individuals. I won't say the organization, but the kind of what I saw from the groupthink there is it's it is just groupthink. It's you're all kind of in one circle and you're all kind of trying to do things that you think are better. And you have the resources to pull that off. And whether or not people below you agree with that is just not really, you don't think about that. You don't care because 
you think you're better than everyone. So it's not necessarily a global cabal, although there definitely is a global cabal. It's not, let's not kid ourselves here, but it's incredible to just see what, you know, a collective group of wealthy and powerful people can do when they all think the same and they have all this money and they have all this power and they have all these resources. But Epstein was still suicided. Let's not, let's not pretend he wasn't. Why was Epstein suicidal? You have all the money in the world. No, suicided. Oh, you're oh. saying why was he? Why why would he even be suicidal? You have right all now? the money in the world. You basically get away with fucking kids. So what? You went to jail because either they're extracting you or they turned on you. Your your cronies. Well, if you look at Epstein, it's very difficult to actually pinpoint where he made his billions from. And you have all the dirt on everybody. They say he made his billions from managing the wealthy's money well he went from being a teacher at a school in new york to suddenly being um in charge of some like investment fund and then a couple years later he's a billionaire hanging out with all these powerful people it was a very very quick launch to the top and i think that's a distinction we have to make once you are in these upper echelon circles you are involved in social events that you will rub shoulders with a lot of people and that's and that's for for looks that's for you know to appease your sense of feeling powerful but there let's let's be very clear there's a difference between having your picture taken with somebody and then having somebody in your FAA logbooks 26 times was it 14 times or 26 for Clinton? I thought it was 26. It, it, was, it was... For Clinton or 19 and at least like seven for Hillary. We have a former president of the United States, a former two-term president of the United States of America releasing a public statement saying, I was not on that pedophile plane. What world are we living in? And we have FAA logbooks, which are basically when you fly on a private plane, every plane in the United States that's flying, um, not every plane, I believe there are small planes that don't have to, but um, every jet in the United States that's flying files a flight plan. Lolita was a pretty big jet. uh, 737 or something like that. It files a flight plan. And included in this is a manifest of passengers. A former two-term president and his wife appear on this list numerous times. That's the difference between, um, uh, let's say this. Let's put it in terms everyone can understand. You're at a party. There's a guy there. He's kind of known as a piece of shit. A picture surfaces of you guys drinking a beer together. That's not the same thing as you guys hopping in your car and going off and then the convenience store down the road gets robbed. Now, are you talking about Trump in this situation? I'm just talking about uh, there's a lot of people both on the right and the left who have been peripherally involved with Epstein. And then there are people on the right and the left who have been really deeply involved with Epstein. It's different to say hi to someone at a party than it is to fly on their jet. You make your own conclusions about who I'm talking about. Do the fucking homework. Look it up. The information is there and it's real and it's from basically as credible of sources as we're going to get. 
Now you could say, I don't trust the government. I don't trust anyone. We live in the matrix. Yeah, then nothing's real. So you're fucked at that point. If you want to trust something, go to the root sources. The root sources say certain people have done certain things with other certain people. You know, I don't think it's... Um, I believe Trump actually was in business with Epstein at one point, though. He was. In what capacity? I think Mar-a-Lago. Um, and I believe he was on the flight records, but I'm not sure. Because, I again, it's not... This is not a... We have this is a, an allegation against the sitting U.S. president. We have to Google this. This I don't think this is a right or a left issue, and I think anyone who believes there is some sort of partisanship to this, there are billionaires in society rounding up children, molesting them in mass in weird rituals in weird underground societies, and no one seems to really care. I mean. People care, but it's one of those things I feel like that are so disturbing, it's very difficult to comprehend. Right? Like, how do you even make sense of something so sick and so heinous? How? You really can't. Trump flew on Epstein's jet once. From Palm Beach, Florida, to Newark, New Jersey. So did Chris Rock. Exactly. There have been a lot of people There's who have a difference flown. between flying on somebody's jet once and being on the jet 19 or 20 times with the destination being out of the United States territory. Well, Giselle Maxwell, Epstein's, you know, essentially pimp, the lady who brought him all these women, um, she can be seen in a photo. I hope it's a real photo and it's not photoshopped. She is in the uh, reception of Chelsea Clinton's wedding. There's a photo of Bill Clinton walking Chelsea down the aisle, and in the corner is Giselle Maxwell clapping. I'm absolutely sure that it's real. Because, I mean, Huma and Anthony were deeply involved with all that, too, and we know that they're dirty as fuck. We know Anthony Weiner is sending pictures of his genitalia to multiple young children, getting caught for it and doing it again. Jerry Seinfeld took a 17-year-old girl to the Emmys, and this was in the 90s. So Larry Page... Was it Larry Page? Larry Page. Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. he. Uh, um, it was... Toured yeah. across everywhere with like a 14... A banging a 14-year-old? I think that was just every musician in the 60s. They all had, you know... They've always gotten them young. And I think, you know... We're just starting to now get a little more ethical about who you should and shouldn't fuck. Well, it's not a thing about if... Because we know that sexual maturity is reached at about... 14, 15, 12, 13, it, it, biologically, we know that mental maturity is not reached until much later. We now in this society place a high value on the mental well-being of people, especially because people are living into their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s. We don't die when we're 30 anymore. This sexual maturity at such an early age was a product of our evolution and biology because we needed to propagate the species. And if we're all dying at 30, you need to at least raise your kids until they're old enough to have children. The brain finishes developing at 26. That's what they believe. Exactly. Maybe even later. I believe it stops developing for women around maybe 24 or 25. It's a little bit earlier, but... You know, the brain doesn't doesn't stop growing for a very, very long time. But if we can get back, to, can we just give a little context to who Jeffrey Epstein is? Just as a, we'll, we'll give a quick we'll give a quick little thing. So Jeffrey Epstein uh, is a 66 year old dead man, allegedly dead man. 
Uh, I think he's still alive. I'm hoping he's still alive and waiting to spill the beans on everybody. I think we would have already had it. But for those who don't know, Epstein, 66-year-old billionaire financier, has a well-known jet uh, called the Lolita Express. Um, he has his own little private called St. James Island where he would have these crazy wild sex parties with uh, you know, many women um, and many underage. He was... Uh, not a registered sex offender, but he yes, was. Yes, he was a registered sex offender. Oh. He was convicted of um, molesting a four a fourteen year old girl. Uh, the judge called him a serious serial pedophile. Serious serial pedophile, and he got a sweetheart deal. Let's see. Um, no, he got a sweetheart deal, um, and. You know, the sweetheart deal because he's, you know, having all these young girls come and he has this woman, kind of his wife, kind of his partner named Giselle Maxwell, and she runs these modeling agencies and she was kind of bringing um, young girls to Jeff and she's in just as involved as he is. And so, uh, you know, Epstein was in all these powerful circles and the way he made his billions is kind of ambiguous, like we said earlier. Epstein was convicted for sex crimes in 2008. For running an underage prostitution ring. And as far as I know, he didn't really have to go through the usual routes a sex offender does when they're registered. Um, he didn't have to check in with the police department. He, I don't think he had to inform anyone about he got, it. Well, he had 13 months with work release. Yeah, he was able to be out of the prison for 60 hours a week. And then he went and slept in the prison because that's what you get at that level. And the guy who gave him that deal is Trump's labor secretary, former labor secretary Acosta. And he actually just recently had to resign because... Is this it, real? This is real. And this just came out that he had to resign because he was getting so much blowback for giving Epstein such a sweetheart deal. And if you look at some of the documents from the transition, uh, as Acosta was coming into being uh, secretary of labor, they brought that sweetheart deal up. And uh, he said, I was told not to bother. It was above my pay grade. It was an intelligence asset. Epstein's high-powered team of defense lawyers included... Roy Black, Gerald Lefcourt, Harvard Law School professor Alan Dershowitz. Because Alan Dershowitz is just as implicated. former Clinton special prosecutor Ken Starr. Yep. These are... Dershowitz is going down. Um, It's looking like it. Uh, It looks like Prince Andrew's also been implicated in some of these documents that have already been released. Alexander Acosta. That was the United States attorney for the Southern District of Florida. Yep, and that was the one who was trying him. He got that great deal. Again, Jeffrey Epstein, after running an underground sex cult, got to go to prison for a very, very, very small amount of time. And on top of that, he was able to leave the prison for 60 hours a week to go work and continue to make his money and do whatever other evil things he was doing behind the scenes and then he'd all you have to do was come back to the prison to sleep wow epstein's cell door was left unlocked he had access to the attorney room where a tv was installed for him before he was moved to the stockade's previously unstaffed infirmary he worked at the office of a foundation he had created shortly before reporting to jail he dissolved it after he had served his time 
The sheriff's office received $128,000 from Epstein's nonprofit to pay for the cost of extra services being provided during his work release. His office was monitored, this is interesting, by permit deputies whose overtime was paid by Epstein. They were required to wear suits. They checked in, quote unquote, welcomed guests at the front desk. Later, the sheriff's office said, these guest logs were destroyed per the department's quote-unquote record retention rules. Although, inexplicably, the stockade visitor logs were not. He was allowed to use his own driver to drive him between jail and his office and other appointments. This is a better jail setup than Pablo Escobar when he built his own prison and still in ran a his, third world country and ran his crime syndicate out of it. Epstein has the goods. There is some, I don't think we're ever going to know truly how deep this goes. I don't think we're ever really going to find out what nefarious powers are at play because at the end of the day, you know, Epstein works for someone and who is that someone? Could be Mossad, could be CIA. It's probably not FBI, probably not DO. We don't know what who he works for, you know? And we're never going to know, and it's always going to be up in the air. And I think, you know, now that he's offed himself, so they say, <laughs> right? Uh, it's just, I feel like it's going to go into the wind, and it's going to be one of those things that's brought up every once in a while. Did you ever see Jeffrey Epstein in the same room as Andrew Bourdain? Oh, my God. They were never seen together, as far as I know. Whoa. This Okay. So there is a new theory we're about to start, right? So Andrew Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bordepstein. Anthony Bordepstein. So Anthony Bourdain, what, died a couple years ago? He offed himself, but he was Jeffrey Epstein. Bourdain is Epstein. Epstein, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think Bourdain was into, was into little kids, although Bourdain's wife is. Or whatever that uh, his, yes, his lover. Yes, yes, yes. And then he did off himself. Yeah. Everything's tied to some sort of pedophilia. It seems like it, right? But then part of me thinks with this whole Epstein thing, it's like, you know, did they just kind of personally make sure, not personally, but did they make sure this kind of went a ruse just to get everyone to speculate wildly? No. I think it is worth pointing out that if you look at FBI statistics... Pedophilia arrests the prosecution of people engaged in pedophilia. The sex trafficking of minors has gone up greatly under the Trump administration. I think that this is part of the purge of Washington that's taking place. Whether or not Trump is just a patsy who was installed uh, to allow these elements to do this purge. Um, I believe there is. I believe there is no purge. I believe that there are patriots and good good humans. Not even just patriots within within our agencies, our military. Uh, there's a whole faction right now that is fighting against these deep state actors who are really just deep world actors because they're acting in concert with the same type of actors from all other countries, from the Vatican, which we haven't even touched on. 
I don't even know. You can't even. The Catholic Church is absolutely insane. That's something that if you actually. Well, the Pope may still be the most powerful man in the world, believe it or not. Really? The Vatican holds many secrets. Um, The church has always been involved in government at the highest levels. Right. Well, we I think people forget sometimes that the, the Vatican has its own little country. The Vatican is its own country. Yeah. It's like you have a religion, you know, Utah, the Mormons got it right. They get they get a state, but the the Catholic Church, they get a whole country. Sovereignty. Exactly. It's pretty fucked up. I don't think that anybody has ever been extradited from the Vatican. Really? I don't think that's a real thing. I don't think it happens. That's... I, that's... Ratzinger. Benedict. Pope Benedict. Was that Ratzinger? No. I don't know too much about the Catholic Church. That's, I, I don't just... want to be... I don't want I think I'm, I'm confusing two people. Well, I think what really turned me off from looking into all the pedophilia in the Catholic Church is I watched a documentary on Netflix called... I think it was called The Keepers. And then you realize you're just watching eight hours of a woman just describing oh. herself getting molested. Yes. Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. He stepped down in two thousand and thirteen. Well the fact following the death of Pope John Paul the Second in two thousand five or two thousand four. Uh they had the you know, they they got together and the and the conclave or whatever they call it, where they pick the next pope and the white smoke came out of the chimney or whatever, whatever the <laughs> fuck they do. And they had elected uh, Ratzinger and he became Pope Benedict. And then in 2013, he resigned and stepped down. One of the first popes in hundreds of years. To resign. To resign before his death. Uh, the-, the papacy is usually a life appointment. I believe he stepped down because he was heavily implicated in the moving of sex offenders against, you know, people who were molesting children. Yeah. Uh, I believe he was directly involved. Uh, I've heard this talked about on other podcasts in moving one priest who was accused of molesting children to an orphanage for like deaf and blind children. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where he molested like hundreds of children and then they moved the guy to the Vatican. I mean, well, that I think that that's also what happened in that documentary, The Keepers, I was talking about. They just moved this, you know, mass pedophile guy just around to every little spot. He gets a complaint. They just move him somewhere else. They never just like say, you know, just go away. They never say that. They just always, you know, give him a transfer and give him a bonus. People wonder why, you know, the Catholic Church is kind of getting a bad rap. Which is That's why I stopped going to the Catholic Church. I am a Catholic. I believe uh, the teachings of the church. When you boil them down to the Ten Commandments, they're very pure. The Ten Commandments are the basis. God's law is the basis for a lot of man's law. Uh, It just makes sense. But when you add all the murkiness of having people and money and property and its own country and cover-ups the it's like playing 
2,000-year-old game of telephone, the message has become quite convoluted. Right. And if we, like you, you mentioned Sandusky earlier, and it, the fact that Penn State didn't have a mass purging of all its higher-ups at the university is absolutely insane after that because that was going on for decades decades think about how many people just swept that under the rug or just kind of pretended it it's just like the harvey on. weinstein thing an open secret i i think that's another thing too is the, there's a lot of open secrets in in the upper in the upper echelons not even that but i think you know if you hear rumors about you know Sandusky diddling a kid. You have a nice position at the university. Well, it's not just about diddling. Do you remember the whole Planned Parenthood thing? Do you remember like this whole thing they're doing now where they want to have, uh, what was it, Virginia's governor saying that a child could be born um, healthy. The doctors and the mother would have a conversation. The child would be kept comfortable, and they would decide what to do with the child. Um, I think there's some, and the Planned Parenthood thing where Project Veritas showed some videos that appear to be undoctored. A lot of people dispute them or say they're a biased organization, but the videos well, are. are undercover videos that appear to be undoctored that show um, Planned Parenthood officials negotiating to sell basically aborted fetuses. And now what would people want with aborted fetuses? Stem cells? Stem cells. It's a proven scientific fact that these stem cells from infants are basically the miracle repair tool of DNA and of the body. They can be used to do things that we can't even comprehend. That's like the, I know there's a DARPA project trying to work on regenerating limbs. Yeah, I'm sure there's been one for 60, 70 years. And it's actually sounds very science fiction, but it's not that far-fetched. Well, if we're going to get into... It happens in nature. There are animals that regenerate parts of their body. It happens in nature. Starfish. Uh, and these stem cells are basically little biological robots that are programmed just to build cells and build things. Right. And that's why I think stem cells... Well, then you're getting to the theory of, like, that's why they want these, you know... They're not the just fucking these kids. What do they do with, you know... What do they do with them when they're done? Not even just newborns and infants, but it's it's the blood of children is different. Uh, they do transfusions. Well, that's the uh, you know the the billionaires getting the young people blood. You got a blood boy on staff. You got a blood boy on payroll. Oh yeah, this is a real thing. I think Courtney has a blood boy on payroll. I don't know. I don't know. Her husband might. I think, you know, what if everyone got a blood boy? Well, in the book and the show, The 100, spoiler alert, it's old, three, two, one. The people in Mount Weather, which were people who survived the nuclear apocalypse in a bunker. Uh, after so many years, the bunker deteriorated to the point where radiation would leak in partially or they would get sick or hit with radiation. And they would capture some of the quote-unquote mutated people who had survived outside of the bunker and whose genetics had, because we are very adaptable, some of us would survive and some of us would adapt and, and our bodies would be able to process radiation. Um, 
that's I'm listening still. Yeah. So <laughs> you're just you're 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 going white. I'm dumbfounded. So they were taking these. This was the premise of the show. They were capturing these these grounders, these outside people, and they would literally hang them upside down and pump their blood out, scrub it, do whatever, you know, and then do transfusions with their own people who had gotten radiation poisoning. And it, it's kind of maybe that's far-fetched. Maybe the science doesn't work on that, but there's some basis in reality there where they use the, the blood of children and infants and the stem cells of infants to, to do their, their life-extending procedures. And they're going to continue to do it. And realistically, you know, you have to think about it this way. If a if a nation like China is doing some nefarious things on its people and experimenting, you got to think the United States, just to keep up, is doing a little small chunk of that because they got to know they got to stay relevant. And we always have or we do it on other people. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's massive human rights abuses in China that make, you know, whenever people say the United States is bad, look at China. China is way worse than the United States by a billion. Like they have, they're they're rounding up millions of people and putting them in camps. Uh, they're uh, taking millions of organs. They're killing millions of people and harvesting their organs. The yakuza, oh, yes. the yakuza, the Japanese mafia said twenty years ago they got out of the organ trade because it wasn't profitable anymore because China, the state of China, had just gotten so quick and so efficient at it because China does not like their Muslim populace. Or their Tao populace, population, whatever the fuck the word is. Correct. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. And so if you ever say the United States isn't, you know, is, is the worst country, it's like, no, we got a lot of problems. We got a lot of problems. But as far as I know, we're not rounding up millions of people and harvesting their organs yet. No, we're not. We're not. It's happening on a small scale. Um, but it's not, it, it's not our government directly. It's... Uh, Entities which have gotten people into the upper echelons of our government, for sure. It always helps to have a senator. It always helps to have a, even a congressional aide, someone who works in the Department of Defense, someone who works uh, in accounting at the IRS. Well, you're talking about having kind of someone on the inside. And you got to think like, you know, in business and corporate culture, people are ruthless. People are relentless. You know, there's a constant struggle and desire to get ahead and imagine you come you have that kind of mentality but then all of a sudden you're you know working for the u.s government it's kind of a recipe for disaster right so you got to think like if we're talking about power and what makes people do shit just look at how people progress when they get really into something and they think it's owed to them and they think it's in their best interest to right i'm, I'm losing myself a little here but like you get what i mean it's just Power corrupts completely. Power corrupts indefinitely. Yeah. And I think once you do kind of one bad thing, it kind of lays the land for doing another bad thing and you just kind of get exponentially do worse things. Well, that's how they get you too. When they, when, when they come in and they try to break you, you know, back when the KGB during the Cold War had... Uh, assets in the United States, and I'm sure Russia still has assets in the United States, you know, they meet you at a function uh, because they would have families and children, um, and they would meet you at a school function, and maybe you work for uh, a photo, a photomat, 
and they have a roll of film, and it's just nothing. It's all, you know, very, very inconsequential stuff. It's just a roll of pictures of their kid's soccer game, and they just ask you to process it for them. Hey, you think you could just throw this through the machine and bring me the pictures back? Right, We're, we're a little tight right now on money, but I'd really like to see these pictures of the kid's soccer game. And this is your friend. Hey, yeah, no problem. I could do that for you. So you do that for them. Not necessarily breaking any laws. Maybe you are technically or literally. But I mean, it's just uh, 24 photos off a roll of film. Just a little thing. Hey, my kid's, uh, my kid's doing this fundraiser. Maybe you could bring this to work and, and try to sell some of these raffle tickets. You know, and the raffle tickets have the person's name and address on them. It's just little things at first, and then, it, like you said, it gets exponentially bigger. Once you've kind of cracked somebody's moral code, it, that crack is like a stress fracture in the wing of an airplane. It might be very small, almost microscopic, but as that wing flaps in the, in the wind, it, it becomes a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger until the wing eventually snaps off. And the plane comes crashing down. Fiery death. You can't fly a plane if you only have one wing. You no. can't. But like, look at some lady who is like third in command of her homeowners association and they manage like 600 houses in some mediocre community that was pre-planned in 1989 in Florida. And, you know, she's willing to just destroy and find people to get her little dopamine rush so she can feel like she has something to offer in society, whether that be making other people's lives miserable who own homes, who happen just to be under her little bureaucratic jurisdiction. And she's getting kickbacks left and right from contracting companies, from landscaping companies, and she doesn't even think it's a bad thing. You know, she is so delusional. She just thinks that, oh, I'm helping people out. I'm doing the right thing. I'm enforcing the law. I'm making sure we have a nice, safe, clean, beautiful community. You know, I deserve this. This is mine. And that's just, that's just like Betsy third in charge at the homeowners association. Well, absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's fucked. And that's just how it is. And I think this has been a good uh episode of the Altered Cognition Conspiracy Cast. Yeah, that that went deep. That went deep all over the place. But this is this stuff you know, it's it's easy to joke and kid about it because it's kind of so messed up, but it's there's a lot of messed up stuff in the world that's true. And, you know, you can turn your brain off to it, which I suggest, or you can start looking into it and uh, make yourself just a little more, you know, 20, 25% more mentally ill. I would say that's what it's done to me. But you can also be 20, 25% more aware uh, and just more willing to do your own research rather than just take the mass media at its word. The media is nothing but the mouthpiece for the ruling elites. There's nothing more. Exactly. And the best thing you can do is find an occupation you don't enjoy that kind of gives back to society at some level. Marry a nice girl. Start a family. Be productive. Try to help out your community. Try to raise good kids. Probably get a dog. Adopt a dog from a shelter. You do all that, you're a great person as long as you kind of stick to that simple method. And don't steal or molest kids and you're good. I will be at the Sea Grape uh, basically every Monday at 1144 Reef Road in Fairfield. You should come on out. We've got 50-cent wings every Monday. We've got $3 beers, I think, domestic drafts, $3 soul bottles, $4 bottle Coors Lights, Bud Lights. 
Uh, it's a great time. And then you can come check me out at The Grove, 158 Bridgeport Avenue in Milford. It's a great show. It's going to be 8 o'clock p.m. Saturday, August 31st, Labor Day weekend. Let's let the summer go with a big party and a good comedy show. Come check me out. I'm Nick Breen. Uh, for myself and my co-host, Jesse Green, I bid you all have a wonderful life. <laughs>